Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. And I'm Melissa Edgington. Episode 83 on the podcast. Yeah. This would be our, um, I guess our, in toward the ending of July, camp recap. Yeah. Yeah, we just got back from children's camp yesterday. And, uh, you know, can you believe we've, that's, that was our fifth, no, our fourth one? Is that right? Was that our fourth? Yeah, our fourth one. Our fourth preteen camp. Yeah. So 2014, 15, 16, 14, 15, 16, 17, 8, no, it was the fifth. We were there summer, summer 2014, right? I don't know. Well, we, well, we, we came in August <laughs> of 2013, so we missed it in 2013. Yeah. So 14, 15, 16, 17, and 8, that's oh, our, that fifth, was our, our fifth, fifth year. Yeah, so our fifth year wow. of going to camp. Wow. And it feels like we've been for five years in a row. But we we love us some preteen camp. It's it is really fun, but it's also stressful. I feel stressed when I'm there. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. You're just worried about those little kids. Yeah, we are in charge of other people's yeah, kids, and, and they're away you know, from their parents. You want them to be happy, and you want them to be safe, and you yeah. want them to have fun, and you want them to learn about Jesus. And there's just all these different things going on that you have to yeah. be aware of. A lot of different dynamics. So and this year. Something weird happened at camp where that Saharan dust or something blew into Boy, camp. Something and went on. Everybody They're was all. sneezing and coughing, yeah. and all the kids with asthma were taking breathing treatments in the nurse's office, yeah. and it was crazy. Camp asthma. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? It didn't stop any of those kids from swimming in the lake and yeah. It's funny. Doing everything. Funny. You only get affected by your asthma during worship. <laughs> Mr. Chat, Mr. Chat, I really need a breathing treatment right now. That's, really? You didn't during dinner. That's the only time they sit still long yeah, enough to realize, realize that they can't oh, breathe. Oh, wait, I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not good. But that was, uh, that was a great camp. We had Colby King, one of our favorites, was there. Maybe that was our second. I guess that was our third time with Colby. Colby King is, he is really a phenomenon. Yeah, he's good. And his family now, they travel full-time. They live in an RV, and they're traveling the country doing children's ministry. So you never know. He might be coming to your area. You should check him out. He does magic and puppets and just every—he has so many neat tricks to keep the kids engaged in what he's talking about. It's really cool. Yeah, he's a good— He's a lot of fun and a very sincere person. Yeah, good communicator, sweet family. yeah. So uh, that was good. We were up at Camp Chaparral, and we're going back Monday. So we are. The Your Mom Has Blog um, podcast team has been tapped <laughs> to do the program at day camp. So we're kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah. I don't know very many people that get asked to lead the day camp session. <laughs> that should be fun. We're taking a bunch of our kids from Alney up there, and we're going to be singing and dancing. It's going to be awesome. So you're, are you, yeah, we need to sit down at some point and plan that. Yeah. Cause we need, no, I can do that in my sleep. That's what yeah, I do all year. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, me, not so much. I never get to go to the fun stuff. You don't. I'm always in there with the adults. Yeah. You, know, like, you have to be a grown-up. Yeah, it's awful. Like, all the action is happening with the kids, and yet the pastor has to go to prayer meeting. Or maybe he gets to go to prayer meeting. I don't know. <laughs> no, you're missing out on all no, the fun. I know I'm missing out on all the fun. And excellent opportunities to minister because of the prayer meeting. But the prayer meeting is important. And there should be many, many people in the Southern Baptist prayer meetings on Wednesday night. But nobody goes. I wonder what would happen to our Wednesday night children's program if there were adults who committed to sitting in a room and praying for those children for the entire time that we're doing Team Kid. Yeah, that would be amazing. Or if they would just even show up at prayer meeting and pray for five minutes for them. It might be amazing. Uh, Yeah. But that's kind of all. You know, they say... In the Southern Baptist world, you can tell, okay, uh, what is it? You can tell, what's the one? If you show up on Sunday, you can tell who loves the, I can't remember what it is. I forgot that little saying. What is it? It's like, you can tell who loves the You can tell who loves the preacher if they show up on Sunday. You can tell who loves the preacher if they show up on Sunday night. Oh. It's like, you can tell who loves the church if they show up on Sunday morning. You can tell who loves the preacher if they show up on Sunday night. And you can tell who loves Jesus if they're there on Wednesday night. <laughs> I mean, there's some people who cannot come on Wednesday. I understand that. But I I would think there's got to be so many more who could be there. You know, that's just one of those things. I, I was writing my newsletter article today, and I thought if I could wave a magic wand and change one thing about church it would be to have magic wands that change things no it would be if we could wave a magic wand and change one thing i would i would i would wish that that more people valued the prayer meeting because i think as long as we don't value the prayer meeting um which is really something that is for believers it's for people who believe in prayer and who are able to pray out loud and it's kind of something for you would think that's the one thing that the very mature members would would feel the need to be there yeah but they don't and the passions of the world and all the different things that we chase after and you know anything literally just probably about anything becomes more important than being at church on wednesday night yeah so that's uh that's something to pray that god will change but we're uh you know gonna the people who show up show up and we pray yeah and we're gonna keep doing it so what's going on in your mom has a blog world? You're writing for SBC Voices now. Yes. So how's that going? Um, fine. I mean, I'm averaging about a post a week over there. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because now I am really, you know, like checking it out all the time and seeing what's happening over there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of strong personalities <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's that's the thing whenever there's a real, it's a real niche blog. You so know? for those of you who don't know, SBC Voices is a Southern Baptist blog, you know, so it's talking about Southern Baptist issues. Which most people could care less. Right. No, that's right. Most people couldn't care less. Is that what it would be? They couldn't possibly care less. They couldn't less. possibly in a billion yeah. years care less about Southern Baptist issues. But, right. you know, we, we care about it. It's our tribe. It's our culture. So Melissa's writing over there um, with, with a unique viewpoint and, um, you know, kind of being a pastor's wife and 
a woman and um, normal. <laughs> <laughs> You're writing over there. And, and so that's that's been kind of interesting to see. Because I think that there are Southern Baptists who read, who listen, or who read that blog, um, you know, from all walks and of life in Southern Baptist world. So it's interesting that you're writing for them. Yeah, that's it pretty, is interesting. Pretty cool. It's cool. I, I'm I'm enjoying it. I just have not been writing very much this summer. Period. I really am looking. Yeah, you really take. You, you know, I don't. You I take the summers off. I love the lack of schedule in the summer, but it's so much. It's it's good for me when school starts and I get back into a routine because, I I just like you know I'm in vacation mode in the summer. Yeah, I, I like to vacay. Yeah, <laughs> and then. The cool thing is that you sometimes can just get in vacation mode all year long. You don't think that's funny? Are you are you saying that I do that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You sort of get in vacation mode. I've always been the type of person that needs downtime. You know, Chad's the type of person that he can go and 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 never tire of it. And he could work 24 hours a day and be totally happy. Well, I'm not like that. I need downtime. Yeah. I like to be able to relax, you know, here and there. Yeah. I just, I mean, I waste, I mean, I'm not a good time manager either. I waste a lot of time. But I'm I'm always, I'm, I'm always um, endeavoring to do, to not waste so much time. Yeah. I'm going to have to, you know. This summer, one thing I've really learned is at these different camps and mission trips and things like that, is I've really learned that if you get up early, you get a lot more up. You get a lot more out of the day. Yeah, for sure. I think so. that most of us, you know, we all say, "Oh, I just don't have time to do that. I don't have time to do this." I think we all know that when we say that, we're lying. We're really saying, "I don't want to make time to do that." Yeah. Because yeah. every time I say that, I think of all the hours in the day oh, that I so have wasted. Time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we don't, just don't manage it very well. Yeah. And I think we think things will take too long to do, and they don't really take that long to do. Right. But I don't but know. writing blog posts takes a long time. Yeah, that does That's take a long time. That's one thing that um, I have never learned to be fast at writing blog posts. Mm-hmm. It takes me a long time to write a post. Yeah, it takes a long time. But stuff takes a long time to germinate and to... You just, if you've got something to say, that's why I probably don't ever write blog posts is because I don't have enough time. Like, I won't commit that much time to it. Right. But I, I and I, I can write sermons pretty fast. I see these guys that spend so much time writing a sermon. I wonder how in the world they do that. Like, with all the different things that you have to do. Like, when a yeah. guy says he spends 25 hours writing a sermon... I just want to say you must read so slow. I want to say, how are you keeping people out of your office? Because you know it's like a revolving door up there of people, of phone calls, and just different interruptions. But but but, I mean, twenty five. So every minute of your sermon required like forty five minutes of time. I mean, I don't. I just don't get it. I don't know. That might be one of those things, you know, you know it's like I, Baptist uh, math. You know, I uh, uh, I really believe that uh, the uh, preaching ministry should should really be 
guarded uh, in such a way that uh, if I'm not spending 60 hours a week on my sermon, uh, you know, I've just got to be in there with the door shut. And if you hear something that sounds like snoring, uh, that's just prayer. Uh, that is my that is my prayer language. Speaking of snoring. I snored this week, apparently. So y'all know that Chad thinks it is extremely rude for people to snore, even though people cannot help it when they snore. Don't you? You think uh, it's rude? I mean, I think snoring is so rude. <laughs> so the first night of preteen camp, all the boys come into breakfast talking about how Chad and the other sponsor, Trampus, were snoring so loud that none of them could sleep. Did you feel bad? Yes, even even <laughs> even I felt bad for those little kids when 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 little Kelby told Holly she said it was almost like brother Chad and Trampus were communicating. <laughs> Their snores. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which speaking of that, you know, this was normally our our one of our deacons, uh, Gunter Rodriguez goes with us to children's camp. Gunner wasn't able to make it because of the District of Innovation or whatever stuff that we had yeah, going he had, on. He had yeah. to be a grown-up. Doesn't District of Innovation sound like something that they would have at Disney World? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, so they had... Uh, our I Ep- think it's, it's Campus more, of Innovation. Well, it's more like an Epcot thing, I think. Yeah. And now, the Campus of Innovation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to put a monorail in between the elementary and the high school. <laughs> so students can be there in 6.3 seconds. <laughs> Yeah, so we weren't able to take Gunner, and we have uh, a young man in our church, in our community, named Trampus, who is a lineman for the county. He's actually... <laughs> <laughs> you singing Wichita lineman? Yeah, yeah, he's a lineman. Yeah. So he sang some of that. I said, do you ever just say that? He's like, I am a lineman for the county. He said, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> anyway, he, he's a lineman for Fort Belknap um, Electrical Cooperative, which I'm part of. I'm an owner of that. I own, I'm a shareholder. You're pretty much a big shot. I'm kind of a big deal, Fort, Fort Belknap. But anyway, Trampus, I said, do you want to go to, with us as a sponsor for preteen camp? He's like, I've been wanting to do something like that. And he was awesome, wasn't he? He was so fun. I I really have missed him since we got home. Last night, I I was sitting there in our kitchen, and I told Chad, I wonder what Trampus is doing right now. I miss him. (laughs) She wanted to know what Trampus was doing. Yeah, because I was used to seeing him, you know, all day. Yeah, he was really, I mean, he did a great job with the kids. He was so good. Uh, So, you know, I missed Gunder. But next year we can take Trampus and Gunter and yes. make it more fun. Then it's the absolute dream team. Yeah, but we have to keep bringing more kids if we're going to take more sponsors, like right. to justify it. Yeah, Otherwise, like, well, we brought 10 adults and five kids. It <laughs> would seem all, weird. We're all like, let's get all our friends to preteen camp. Yeah. yeah, we should just actually go somewhere fun for two days instead of preteen camp. But, <laughs> anyway. but all right. But well, Trampus is young. He's a youngin'. How old was he, about 20, 21? He's, yeah, no, he's, I think he's a little older than yeah, that. Yeah, 22, 23, I don't know. But um, you know how you have those moments where it hits you like a freight train that you are old? I had one of those moments 
whenever I was sitting there talking to Trampus, and he was trying to tell me about something he saw on the internet, and he stopped and said, do you know what a meme is? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You've probably never heard of this. It's something on the computer, Melissa. (laughs) It's called a meme. And I thought, oh, no, he thinks I'm an old lady. old lady. It's so sad when that happens. We're old, man. They took a picture of me. Um, had you, Melissa take a picture of me to show me how much gray hair I've got growing in on the side of my head. But I like that, actually. I'm, I'm proud of it. You've always wanted that gray hair. Wisdom, man. Wisdom. <laughs> Wisdom. Well, that's sort of a transition here for the last little bit of our podcast. Yeah, we've got a special treat yeah, a tonight. a special treat for you guys. An interview with... Jackson Chang and his beautiful, lovely, incredible wife, Heather, who is, uh, I guess, what would we say? She has a product they're unveiling. They're releasing a ministry. What would you, how would you say it? Yeah, so um, Heather is an artist, and Jackson and Heather have been on our program before, so you guys are f- probably familiar with Jackson. And they have been working together on something that, the Lord has laid on their heart to do, which is, it's called the nativity tradition. And so they have designed and created this beautiful nativity and we wanted to have them on so they could tell you about it and give you some information about what they're doing with that and how you can use it to really help your family grow closer to Christ every Christmas, which is their goal. All right. It's so good to have Jackson and Heather Chang on the podcast. Welcome, guys. Hi. Good to be here. Thank you. Hi, Chad. Hi, Melissa. We're excited to have you on, as always. Jackson, are you there? We are. We're here. How are things going in Grapevine? They're doing, we're going good. We're, we're doing good. <laughs> we're having fun. It's been a busy summer, but we're really enjoying it. How about you guys? All right. Well, we just got back from camp. You know, we've been telling the listeners about that, and... Uh, we're still tired and a little bit brain dead, mm-hmm. but you know that's a that's a special kind of tired when you get back from church camp. That's right. The spirit drains you. I don't know something <laughs> something goes on. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, Melissa, uh, won't you uh, get this interview rolling? Okay. Well, we're so excited to have you guys on the podcast. So, are we the first people that you're talking to about this project? Um. The first people in a real microphone, yes. We, uh, yes. we, we kicked it, score. We kicked it off on Saturday with some of our friends um, here at our house and uh, did a little Facebook Live last night. And so now we're um, getting the word out there. We sure are. We're on a little mini tour for this week since mm-hmm. it's only two more weeks of July. Right. Christmas in July. Oh, well, we, feel, we feel really honored well, thank that you. we're thank having you. Christmas in July on the podcast. Yes. So, Heather, tell us a little bit about the Nativity tradition and how this whole thing got started. Yes. So about four years ago, um, I, we had a, a toddler in the house and an elementary age uh, child. And um, I started to look at Christmas a little bit differently um, as a young mother, um, just saw the challenge of, you know, making time for meaningful uh, Christmas traditions in our home. I was also looking for a nativity set for for us to have on display, and I looked around but did not find anything 
quite to my liking within the aesthetics as well as the price point that I was looking for. Um, and what was also just really looking at the idea of celebrating Christmas with um, young children in the home as a family. Um, you know, things are really busy between Thanksgiving and Christmas time. We fill it almost every moment, it seems like, with fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whether it's baking cookies. Christmas cookies or shopping for gifts or um, singing Christmas carols or going to Christmas programs here and there and uh, doing things with friends and family. But it just seems um, uh, really busy, too, and can sometimes be challenging to uh, sit down and have that meaningful time with your family. So it kind of went hand, hand in hand. I had the, the nativity set on my mind, and then I think God put it on my heart to say, what are you doing with your family that's a little bit different um, to celebrate Christmas? So um, when I didn't find anything that I liked out in the marketplace, you know, I came home and talked to Jackson. And, you know, I looked online, too. There, There's a lot of nativity sets out there, and they range from um, little plastic ones that your kids can, you know, handle and throw around and uh, do all that with. Or there's really... Which uh, I love. Uh, which I love those. Yes, you can <laughs> the, get them uh, little, dirty. The playhouse ones. Your ki- kids can yeah. doodle on them. Whatever yeah. they want to do, mm-hmm. you know. But whenever whenever play school makes a nativity set, though, it's it's sort of like the play school Noah's Ark. Yes, it's like somehow misses the point. Yes, <laughs> like I'm not sure the point of the nativity is a play set. <laughs> right. So what? So what? So and so you you're using some you're using some language here. Um, price point marketplace. Tell the listeners a little bit about your background in, I guess, retail? Is that what you would call it? Yes. So um, I studied graphic design in college and um, was a graphic designer. And did... I lost you there for a second. I lost oh. you there for a second. Say that again. You studied graphic design in college. I studied graphic design in college and um, was a graphic designer as well as a product designer for a major retailer. And uh, Jackson and I also started our own stationary business and so we um, have a business background, retail background. Um, he he knows the business side, and I know how to make products and make them pretty or appealing to other people. Yeah. So that you know how to make stuff pretty. I remember we had the remember when when you designed the little cups with the fish on them. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> the fishy cups. Do you remember? Them? I do. The fishy cups. Uh-huh. We had those for years. Yeah, we did. Really? And they finally, forever. you know, they finally broke in the washer one day. <laughs> right. And I was really sad about those, that. Those were not my best designs, so it's probably okay that they're broken somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but so you, but so for years, for years, I mean, you thought about the way things look. The, yes. The packaging of something. So, yes. I mean, you, you're, you guys are coming at this from a, um, you know, you this is... A, the business end of it that y'all know really well. Right. And so that's why it's kind of a perfect thing, you know, for, for the Lord to use this as your ministry. Right. Yes. Um, I think something to, to use those skills for, to, to get in, you know, to help people, um, maybe, uh, in the busyness, make sure they're spiritually connecting. Right. During Christmas time. I, I tell people that I think, you know, that people's hearts are the most open to the Lord at Christmas time. Cause, cause it's just, to me, I'm always amazed that at Christmas, 
the the whole world seems to stop and celebrate Jesus's birthday. Mm-hmm. I mean, to right. me, that is in our culture where it seems like things become very much closed off to to Christian, you know, the Christian the gospel message. That's a real opening, right? So, uh, I know you were thinking about this for your family, but how did it transition from then thinking, you know, because I guess you could make your own nativity set. How did that transition into the ministry for thinking about my family? Well, um, so I guess after we had been, I had been looking, you know, came home one time and talked to Jackson and he's like, well, let's just make one. And I was like, okay, let's make one. (laughs) So, um, you know, I I do think it's um, special, you know, that that God's using both of our, our gifts and our talents as well as our backgrounds and our experiences because uh, Jackson, you know, moved here from Taiwan and he speaks uh, just enough good Chinese to get by and um, <laughs> no, no bueno Chinese <laughs> it's pretty bad well that's, but, another, but he that's also, another thing you've, yeah, you've got to source the, you've got to source this stuff in, 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 in another country and Jackson does not speak Mandarin, Taiwanese many different things Right. So he knows how so. to speak um, Chinese, and he knows enough to communicate. He also has experience from past uh, workings with his family and business to be able to um, just talk to the the workers at the factory. He's visited factories. Um, I also have with my past retail experience as well and been overseas, you know, uh, to the factories and the fairs. But, you know, what's interesting, imagine. too, is, you know, in terms of – uh, what we were doing this time, you know, Heather was actually getting involved in children's ministry. And, and I'd been in children's ministry from, you know, a backyard Bible study point of view. I've always been around kids. Um, but we really started getting involved in children's ministry and seeing kind of like this missing gap. And a missing gap was, it seemed like to us, that, you know, parents aren't as engaged in teaching their children, discipling them as you would think they would be who, as churchgoers. Right. And we found it even in our own lives. We looked at each other and we're like, wow, it's hard to sit down and get your kids to pay attention to just a five-minute devotional, right? Well, and um, just like you were saying that, you know, you feel like um, people are more open to the gospel during the Christmas season. But I also think it is true to say in our modern-day world, we are more distracted in the Christmas season than ever. And we're also competing with... Um, the way Christmas is celebrated or not celebrated in uh, school and um, around us. And we're all, you know, trying to be politically correct or incorrect, whichever way you see it. Yeah, but uh, people, about how, the people how you do things, still, they're you know? still trying to have that, but they're still having that conversation. So exactly. I think that's where, I mean, because I think we do, we feel that tug. Like, why mm. do we put everything... Why do we celebrate work? Why do we ce- everything gets celebrated right. at Christmas? And, and, right. and so then, then I think there's something in the culture where people say, you know, it. What, what if we're missing the point of what this holiday is all about? I think people right. just sort of instinctively know this is about the birth birth of Jesus, and yet we've mm-hmm. made it about uh, reindeer and Santa and all, all these different things. Right. So, exactly. I, I, but it is inc- and so we we have this sort of longing. I think that I, I've even seen it on Facebook around the time of Christmas where people have this longing. And Melissa, you know what I'm talking about. You see it on Facebook where people are like, I want to do something special with my kids this year. I want to mm-hmm. celebrate the actual reason for the season. And then 
but you're so busy, how, yes. what do you do? Right. Mm-hmm. So, so what's, what's your idea? I think I think a challenge for us was um so I started looking like what what do we do and I you know I bought a couple of products I um tried those things some of them were very complex for the kids they were it was kind of too uh in depth and our kids got lost after 60 seconds of trying to sit there and you know listen to the words and things like that one, one year i was going through <laughs> it and uh our oldest who was eight at the time said daddy do you think darth maul had uh two lightsabers that he made or did he put them all together i was like okay buddy let's talk about that in a moment yeah. sometimes we kind of overload the kids we, we, we yeah we over you know i think we overload them so so our basic idea surrounding the nativity tradition was i had a desire for a nativity set that basically I liked (laughs) one that I thought was pretty Mm. and that I would want to put up on my mantle in my home. And then I also wanted to start a tradition in our home where we sat down with our kids. We uh, looked at scripture. We looked at, you know, the characters inside of that nativity set and, you know, who was present, you know, Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus and, um, actually talking out the Christmas story and in a simple in a simple way and just taking the time to do that uh, together and to make that a new tradition you know I think we we all pass down traditions from our families and when you have different cultures within your your new family you both do di- things differently as well um, so this was something that we kind of were starting off together. So how we developed it was I, um, I worked with um, uh, an artist who is very good at um, drawing sculptures. I'm not a um, natural three-dimensional drawer, but I can tell you what I like and what I want. Mm-hmm. So I developed the ideas and the look and the colors, worked with her, and uh, we went back and forth and that probably took six to nine months, mm-hmm. I think, just to get the set developed because we've developed a full um, 10-piece set. My my idea also was that you would have the full set. It would be in a nice wooden box, and, um, you know, you would take it down every year and uh, go through it together. I also wanted it to be made out of um, something that was, you know, uh, not completely indestructible but something that your your kids could hold on to that they could touch that um you weren't afraid to pass around Mm -hmm. and then put up on display because i didn't want it to be something that was just decorative and looked at but not um not um to be interactive i wanted it to be interactive so we worked on the development of the drawings for six to nine months and then jackson found a factory to work with to start the prototypes, and um, we made them out of resin, and it looks like carved wood, essentially. Yeah. And we worked on those for about, I guess, a year or so, year and a half, and we were almost completed, and then something happened, kind of lost in translation, and we were no longer able to work with that factory. Mm. So then we had to move on to a second factory and start from scratch again. Oh, no. Um, and pay uh, again on the uh, prototypes fee and invest invest in that again. Yeah, prototyping is not cheap. It's not cheap. But um, each time we, you know, 
we believed in the project. You know, we felt like this was something that God wanted us to do. So we, um, you know, just budgeted it so that we could fund it, you know, and keep it going. So we started with them, and that's been, I guess, about two years that we've been with that factory. So we started with them doing the prototyping again. And um, just this past Thanksgiving time, we were kind of at a crossroads again because we were doing everything, you know, just via email and photography and um, just seeing images with this factory in China, Skyping and, you know, Google chatting and, and talking about it. And just felt like we needed to see the, the samples in person because we were we were almost satisfied with them, but not all all the way. So that was our Christmas present. We got them shipped over here <laughs> from China because shipping samples are not cheap, is not cheap either. Uh, so we received them, I guess, right after the new year. Mm-hmm. And I was really glad that we made that decision to send them because they look so much better in real life than they did over the photos. And that's the moment that I said, you know what? These are good and I like them. And now we can move forward because before that, we were still struggling, thinking we're almost right or we're almost there, but not quite. So it was kind of a a, a blessing moment just to say, here, here they are, now run with it. You can imagine, like, the photography we got from the samples was close-ups of Mary's face or Jesus' face, and you're like, why is there a zit on her forehead? <laughs> right. Well, and with the flash and everything, everything just yeah, looked look um, yeah. it just looked different. Yeah, it didn't look as good. Well, it looks really, yeah. the pictures that y'all have up look really beautiful. So. So, it's so beautiful. And so Thank tell you. us a little bit about what you guys have developed as far as, you know, I love the family journal aspect. And tell, tell our mm-hmm. listeners a little bit about that. Yes, so um, we have a couple different differentiating points, we feel like, within our nativity set. Um, One is uh, we added a crown of thorns this year. Um, That was something that was not in the original development, but both Jackson and I, sometime in the springtime, had the idea to... um, to add this in and Jackson will tell you a little bit more about that one first. Well, we were thinking about how to make this really hit home the idea of why Jesus came. And, you know, you, I think you and I, Melissa and Chad have talked about how, you know, we really love that uh, Jesus storybook Bible that are for kid that are made for kids. Yeah. And it really tells a whole story of from the beginning of the Bible, from creation all the way to revelation, why it's really about Jesus Christ. And we felt like, wow, what a more, you know, what a great opportunity to talk about how Christmas is truly about Jesus. And we can we could really hit it home with an idea that the crown of thorns symbolizes why Jesus came rather than, you know, a sentimental moment or um, just a snapshot of, um, you know, a starry Bethlehem night. Um, there's there's history behind it. There's God wanting to redeem mankind. And when, you know, the war became flesh, that's so much more rich of a story than um, just glossing over it. By the way, that's my favorite part of your nativity is that crown of thorns, because I think it's hard for us sometimes to connect that little baby in the manger with a Mm. scene, you know, on the cross. And so Mm. I love the fact that you have that in there just, you know, to remind us what this really means. Right. So that was our um, our first first um, differentiating point and then we we also thought about the idea of a storybook and a journal for your family um, 
and I think that that came about one for the storybook um, just wanting a, a, a simple way that you sit down and um, take scripture from the Bible and talk through the story and talk through the characters so that your children can hear that repeated every year and you can talk through that again with each other um, every year. By the way, I, I think I, you know, when we say um, why we're giving you the chronological is we really believe God was just giving us ideas as we went along. Because quite honestly, we have no idea of what we were doing in the very beginning. But as we see things unfolding, we're like, oh, thank you, God, that you would, you know, that you would remind us that birth crisis is really about um, just as much about a promise as it is, um, you know, the, uh, the, the crucifixion, right? The, the, the means with which that we would have our sins forgiven. And, you know, when we thought about the story, it was the same thing. Like, how can we tell a story that was about all these um, elements of the Bible that, that are good? And a new revelation to me today that I haven't even shared with Heather yet, but I'll, we'll need to pray about is, um, I think I can tell your audience this, because we don't know if we're going to do or not, but if we do, that's great. If not, it may change a little, so don't hold us to it. <laughs> but there's promises that <laughs> If this is really Jackson and not the Holy Spirit, we'll just not do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Let me mute Jackson so the Holy Spirit talks. Yeah, I, I, was explaining this, I was explaining this to our kids the other day about um, uh, telling our testimonies. And um, at, before Sunday school, and uh, it was just our two boys in a car, and I was trying to explain to them, like, God's promises happens in a very particular way. He gives his promises through his prophets, or he gives his promises that he's going to deliver, or he's going to do you know, certain things, and he does it. Mm-hmm. Every time he does it. So what a, what a wonderful opportunity to think about, again, in Scripture, how God promised the deliverance of his people in so in so many terms, and then the promise of a Messiah to come and and deliver them. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing. And then the journal is just to jot down things that you've seen in your uh, your testimonies throughout the year, and maybe. And right. I like that idea uh, of an. It's an. I guess it's a nice journal, and then it's in a. The whole thing is in a wooden box. Because that's a problem yes. with a lot of the things if you buy a nativity set, uh, you know. You don't really get a housing box right. to that hold That makes it, it more in of an for, early, Yeah, usually you get very mm-hmm. cheap styrofoam that's falling right. apart in a cardboard box that, you know, is, yes. is really flimsy. <laughs> that you, that, that was you not made to that you don't stand like the test of time. That away. Yeah. But I love the yeah. idea of starting, you know, wherever you start this tradition and then years down the line, being able to look back in that mm-hmm. journal and remembering all of these things that God has done, you know, in your family's yeah. life. I just adore that idea. Yeah. That's so cool. For and kids that, and that grandkids. Was, and I mean, it, it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter yeah. where you when you start it. Right. And that was something that, um, again, came at a later date. And so it's just it's again, it's it's neat to see how God has um unveiled different things along the way because I think in the beginning when we first started it we were like well, let's get this thing going and let's get it completed in six months to a year and but it didn't happen that way mm-hmm. you know um yeah, so I've we talked had about it for a long time he- right well we had you know health issues yeah. we had moving we had grief and we had different things yeah. that have happened in our lives in the last four years but I think each one of those things has allowed us to add a different element to the set that mm-hmm. would not have been there 
had we just done it in the the way we wanted to in the right. beginning. So part of the journaling is really, you know, life can be hard and mm-hmm. it can be challenging. And I think the end of the year when you celebrate Christmas is a time to reflect on that and to see God's promises, to see how he's worked in your life and, you know, celebrate those things, even if they have been challenging or difficult. And like you said, that's something that you can share with your family in that moment, mm-hmm. but then you can reflect on them the, the years later, and then that can be passed on from generation to de- generation. I love it. That's so well, neat. So what's the plan now? Well, yep. you gotta, so we're here well, we are in July. How can I have one for Christmas? <laughs> well, before we go there, I was, <laughs> I was even thinking about, you know, while we're you know, brainstorming about this kind of stuff. And by the way, we only talk about this stuff maybe once every couple of weeks. Heather and I don't really talk about this all the time. But as we do feel inspired, we share it. And it, it occurred to me that, you know, like what you're saying, Chad, you know, Chris, Christmas means such a um, a great time for people to have their hearts softened mm-hmm. and, and turning toward the Lord. You know, m- many families celebrate two or three Christmases, mm-hmm. you know, with their in-laws and so forth. And, and not everyone's a believer. Right. And what a what a great opportunity. You know, you don't have to have a nativity set with you necessarily. It would be great if you do. But if you had a journal to kind of tell that story again mm. and um, the storybook part and then do a journal with them. And what a you know, even even for people who don't want to um, categorically think about their lives in terms of how God has been affecting them, they can definitely say you know, answer to questions like, you know, were some things where you felt like that brought you the most joy this mm. year? They can answer those questions, right? Yeah. And that's where we feel like there, it, it could be a facilitator in having conversations with, uh, with your family. And, and also, you know, it's one of those things where, um, interestingly enough, I didn't know uh, until later, you know, how many people love nativity sets. And like, you know, it's always known that a lot of people of the Roman faith, uh, Roman Catholic faith, I mean, uh, love nativity sets. But there are also um, other uh, beliefs that don't really think about Jesus in a way that we're talking about Jesus, right? There's a lot of uh, Mormons that, that love um, nativity sets. Um, and so for sentimental reasons, it's great uh, tool, I believe, for people to talk about Jesus in a way that's more than just um, the sentimental or decorative aspect. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's a great conversation starter. I mean, it, it's a it's a great idea. I think it's it's I can't wait to get mine. So when can I get mine? Okay, so uh <laughs> I want I want So some we have developed proto <laughs> Right, I know. <laughs> We've developed prototypes. Uh we just have we have one good sample on mm-hmm. hand of each each Well, I hate for y'all to have and... to give that up for me, but I do appreciate right, it. Right, right, right. That's sweet of y'all. Anything to make you yeah. happy. <laughs> <laughs> So we have one, and we're still working on the box, and we're fin- you know working on the the story booklet and the journal. And our our plans are to do a Kickstarter program uh, the day after Thanksgiving and run it through the end of December this year, in, in hopes that we can do a production run of um, a certain number of sets uh, for the 2019. Um, Christmas Christmas season. So Jackson could tell you a little bit more about the the Kickstarter program. Kickstarter was our choice because it's really a platform where you can allow people to share the ideas and information. And Kickstarter Kickstarter is also a platform where people expect new ideas and new products that is not in the marketplace right mm-hmm. now. And we feel like our product it really is differ- differentiated in, in such a way that 
the story itself would be more compelling if we shared it in a video form uh, through something like Kickstarter. And, um, you know, and Kickstarter just works where if you contribute to the project, um, you either get, you know, uh, some kind of reward for it, meaning the actual product. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's also ability for us to talk about the 10-piece set on it, too. You know, we, we're, this is just a oh, three-piece yeah. set we're doing for the Kickstarter in November. But we eventually will get a 10-piece set, so that's what, we, what they call a stretch goal. So if we meet our goals of, um, of this first run, um, then, you know, if we hit our stretch goals, then we get the prototype for the other 10 pieces. Again and then you go on a shark future. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't want to face uh, Mr. Wonderful or Mark Right. Yeah, me either. Me either. I like Damon, though. But, you know, really, if, if we do have a successful um, campaign in the end of December, um, you know, production can begin really in the spring of 2019, and we could really deliver probably by, um, you know, May. Mm. Time frame, and that's right. when we would deliver it um, to, to homes worldwide. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's our hope that we would have them ready, you know, a couple months prior to the Christmas season for next year. So, so how, go to China with me for a week? Yeah. <laughs> so, how can we all keep up with what is going on with the nativity tradition? What's the best way to get information about it? How can we share this on our page, a, a Facebook page, maybe? Mm-hmm. We have a Facebook page it's just facebook.com slash nativity tradition you can go and join that page and see the people who are on it um, right now it's just a bunch of posts about you know things to encourage believers scriptures and things to talk about christ um, but there's going to be more on there in the future so please stay tuned um, we also have a twitter um, account which is let us adore him is the handle mm-hmm. and um, and i've had that one the longest and then we also have an Instagram account. It's just Instagram.com slash Nativity Gotta have tradition. Insta. All the kids, you know, they have Insta. Right. <laughs> Gotta have Insta. That's right. Insta. And then the uh, website. Um, and then our, web, our website's NativityTradition.com. NativityTradition.com. Well, well, we are so excited about this project. We're going to be the first people signing up on Kickstarter. We're, we're, we believe in what you guys are doing. And we hope that our listeners will follow along and keep up with exactly what's going on with the nativity tradition. So thank you all so much for telling us about it today. It's exciting. Thank you guys so yeah, much. This thank is, you. So I know it's been, a, it's been a long process, but I'm glad to see, you know, kind of kicking off. And, um, you know, this is, imagine the the ministry to so many different families that that mm, this yeah. idea born in your heart uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know it'll it'll just produce hopefully it produce disciples so that's that's yeah. what we'll pray for it's a it's it's exciting for us to i think finally be able to talk about it and share it beyond just well we have this idea yeah. <laughs> it's a nativity set and people are kind of like okay yeah. <laughs> what makes that different yeah. but now we're excited yeah. that we've finally been able to unveil it and um we appreciate encouragement as well as prayers for us because we still do have a, several things to finish out the next four months. And, you know, just against spiritual warfare and things like yeah. that, because mm-hmm. now that we're actually talking about it, um, it makes it makes it more real. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, excellent. Yeah, we, we encourage you guys and any of your listeners who feel um, called to just to pray for the work that God's going to do through it, because we really feel like it's going to be a, a great thing for, for families. Absolutely. Sounds great. And just smooth workings with our factories and all the production and all that stuff. So there's many more steps yeah. ahead. All right. Well, 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 you guys can keep us informed and we'll, 
we'll, I'm sure, uh, be talking more about Nativity Tradition. So thanks for joining us on the podcast tonight. Yes, we will post the links to all of your stuff online so everybody can find you. All right. Okay, great. great. to talk we with you guys. We'll you. see you later. And that'll wrap it up for the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast tonight. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, episode 83 yep. in the All can. Right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening, y'all, and thanks for being with us, Heather and Jackson. All right, bye-bye. You're welcome. Thank bye. You.